Good evening. This is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, our discussion will be focused on creativity and what are the elements of creativity. What are the elements of creativity? Before we get into the details of what those elements are, let's first define what creativity is and discuss why it's important, if it is in fact important. The answer is not precisely self-evident. Creativity simply is the construction of new things and ideas, both tangible and intangible, that have value, that have some sort of value. Now, is creativity good? Well, it would seem so. Everyone wants to be creative. Everyone wants to be thought of as being creative. We can think of creativity as the engine that drives forward the march of man's progress. If we imagine a driver in a vehicle, creativity is the gas pedal which moves the vehicle forward and the weight of tradition and conservatism is the brake which acts as the check on rampant creativity perhaps. So both the brake and the gas pedal are necessary for the forward movement of man's progress and that interplay is really where the interesting elements of man's intellectual history reside. Everyone wants to be creative. No one wants to be thought of as a conformist or someone who is ensnared in stultifying conformity. But we don't really know what creativity is and how it's gained until we examine the mechanisms by which creative things happen. So what I want to focus the discussion today about is what are those elements of creativity? What are those requirements that we need to have happen in order for creativity to exist? We find creativity in art, science, literature, law, politics, the military, sports, nearly, well, not nearly, but every field of human endeavor requires creativity. And unless we know exactly what conditions need to be present in order for creativity to exist, we'll never be successful in being creative ourselves. So let's let's discuss what these points are. And as I see it, there are five. There are five separate elements that are needed in order for creativity to exist. And I want to go through those here. In a little bit of detail. The first is, the first element of creativity is you have to know the basics and fundamentals of your field. You have to know the basics and the fundamentals of your field. And what do I mean by that? Well, in today's world, everyone thinks that he or she is an emperor. Everybody wants to have an opinion. Everybody wants to discuss. Everybody wants to volunteer their input. And unfortunately, they often want to do that before having mastered the rudiments and fundamentals of their field. You cannot hope to be creative in a productive way until you have absolutely mastered the fundamentals of your art. You have got to know the basics. You can't hope to be successful 
or creative in physics, say, as an experimental physicist, until you know the rudiments of your science inside and out. You can't expect to be creative as a playwright or a writer unless you have read nearly any everything in print in your subject uh, category that you would like to write in. And the list of examples can go on and on. You've got to master the basics. If you want to be a creative musician, you can't hope to do so unless you know your instrument and your music inside and out. Creativity is not, as many people think, the first part of the productive process. It's often the last part. You can't simply go into a field and think that you're going to be a wizard or a creative genius or a creative force until you have actually masked the basics. And this point is so important that we must be constantly mindful of it. We have to constantly be mindful of this fact because there is a tendency, and this is something that didn't exist in previous eras. This is something that's endemic to our own era. This idea of the instant emperor, the instant genius, the instant Einstein, someone who confers upon himself expert status without having done any work, without having paid his dues or her dues. And now such a person imagines himself or herself to be eminently creative. And it doesn't work that way. You've got to pay your dues. You've got to make your bones, as they say. So this is the first element of creativity. Know the basics and the fundamentals of your field. And one of the helpful ways of going about doing this is you've got to find a mentor. You've got to find a mentor. And this is a point that's been made by others. And it's so important and so true. Unfortunately, it's very, very difficult in today's world because there are so few people who are willing to devote their time and their selfless energy to helping others. I personally never had a mentor, really. I had to teach myself. So if you can't find a mentor, you create your own mentor. You become your own mentor. You have to read the books on your own. You're going to have to do your own self-study. You're going to have to try to reach out to those who you can reach out to who are able and willing to help you. So you've got to know your business. And, you know, a good story in this context is that of the ancient Pythagoreans. The ancient Pythagoreans were a, a uh, well, we could call them a, a fraternity built around the acquisition and transmission of knowledge to the select few. It was very much like a religious circle, we would call them today. But And their, their field of expertise was mathematical knowledge, esoteric mathematical and philosophical knowledge. And they had a rule to their initiates, which was that no initiate to their fraternity could speak for up to a year until he had learned to master the fundamentals. Until he had learned to master the fundamentals. And this is something that plays really to, uh, I guess, my background, something that I believed in. I'm a big believer in, in order and discipline. Creativity does not come from free-thinking chaos. Creativity is the outgrowth of orderly, disciplined thinking over a long period of time. There are sparks and elements of freewheeling, um, uh, impudent, 
exploration, but those come at the final stages. You've got to be disciplined, you've got to learn your craft, and you've got to be focused. Because without focus, nothing, nothing good uh, ever arises. The creative flights of fancy that Johannes Kepler made when he was developing his laws of planetary motion would never have been possible had not he stood on the shoulders of men who painstakingly collected data over many, many years. Over many, over many years, uh, Taiho Brahe's collection of astronomical data was what enabled Kepler to make his great leaps of intuition in developing his planetary laws. Anyway, the point here is you've got to do the background work and you've got to be disciplined. The second point, the second point in the development of creativity is sequestration. Now, what that means is separation. You've got to separate yourself from the herd. The herd thinks as a group. When you get people together, there is a certain group think that takes over. And unless you want to think like the herd, you've got to get away from the herd. And some of the most creative people are those who are not afraid of separating themselves from the herd and going off and doing their own thing. Einstein, as a, uh, as a teenager, was willing to renounce his citizenship in Germany and simply go his own way in Switzerland and do his own thing. So you've got to realize that staying with the herd, being with the herd, thinking like the herd is not conducive to creative thinking. It's conducive to conformity, to acquiescence and conformity. And some other examples I can think of, I remember reading once that the financiers, um, Jim Rogers and his, his partner, George Soros, who we all know, um, they were hedge fund managers back in the 70s and 80s. And when they first started out, they deliberately selected an office that was as far away from Wall Street as possible. They never wanted to hang around other financial people because, simply because they were aware of the groupthink that would develop if they were to do such things. If you want to, if you want to separate yourself from the herd and achieve great things, you've got to go your own way and actually uh, continue to separate yourself. Herd proximity leads to herd thinking, so be aware of that. That's the second element of creativity. What's the third? The third element of creativity is cultivating a certain type of personality trait. You've got to cultivate a spirit of impudence, for lack of a better word, a, a, a spirit of impish irreverence. That might be a better phrase, impish irreverence and impudence. You've got to be unafraid of challenging authority. You've got to be unafraid of challenging authority. And here again, in this context, I want to make sure I qualify these statements with, with some qualifiers. That doesn't mean that you shout slogans and you're rude and you defy people and you seek to overturn established wisdom. What it means is someone who is willing to question in certain ways the established wisdom. I'll say it again, someone who is willing to question the established wisdom in certain ways, who is not afraid to challenge authority. And again, 
We don't earn the right to do this until we've mastered the field and we know what we're talking about. Nothing is more ridiculous and more self-destructive than the person who seeks to challenge authority and shoot his mouth off when he doesn't know what he's talking about. But it is undeniable that an essential element of creativity is this spirit of irreverence, of impudent ability to challenge authority. And this is something that Einstein definitely had. And I keep giving Einstein al analogies because I've, um, in the process of reading a very, very good biography of Einstein by Walter Isaacson. And I like audiobooks. I listen to audiobooks when I drive to work. And uh, this is a very good one. And it really gives a lot of detail about his personality, how he came to uh, have the mental traits and personality traits that he had, and how those traits contributed to his incredible ability to uh, have creative thought. So that's the third element, the slight disrespect for authority and tradition that characterizes the great creative men. And I just happen to think of another example here besides Einstein, uh, uh, Benedict Spinoza, the, uh, the 17th century philosopher who lived in uh, the Netherlands. He was someone who was also an outsider. He was excommunicated from his uh, from his religious community, which in those days was a big deal. And he was able to use that to achieve a, a mentality of individualism that definitely enhanced his ability to be creative. The great creative minds, and even the mediocre creative minds, all have that spirit of independence. There is definitely an independent streak of character that needs to be there in order for us to truly achieve creative power. Conformists do not make good creative people. The fourth element of creativity is finding a problem to wrestle with. Creativity is like, is like oil in the ground, and it can't come out unless it's extracted somehow. And the impetus for that extraction has to be a problem to be grappled with. The creative juices do not flow out of the ground unless there is some seismic shock that drives them upward. There's got to be a seismic shock that drives those creative uh, liquids upward from inside the ground up to the surface. So if you want to find some way to stimulate and cultivate and nurture your creativity, you've got to think big. You've got to have a project. You've got to involve yourself in a difficult project. And it should be a project that is greater than you and is beyond your abilities. I'll say it again. It should be a project that is greater than you and exceeds what you believe your abilities to be. Because by grappling with that project, by wrestling with it, by rising to that challenge, you will stimulate your creativity and you will be taken in directions that you never thought possible. You never thought possible. And that is something I guarantee. Great creative people need great themes and great challenges. So that's the fourth element of creativity. The last one, which I think is, is never discussed, but I think is nonetheless extremely important, is the necessity of having a confidant. 
You've got to have a confidant, someone in whom you can confide, someone who is not threatening, someone who is not competitive with you, someone who is not hostile to you or jealous of you, someone with whom you can confide your ideas as a sounding board. If only to relieve stress, if only to get another perspective. Einstein had a friend of his named um, Michael Bessel, who died several months before Einstein did in 1955, and he was someone who in Einstein's miracle year in 1905, uh, Einstein was able to use as a sounding board. And he was someone who was trained in physics. He knew the subject matter. And he was someone who Einstein was able to confide in and bounce ideas off of and who was a genial, supportive, and non-threatening person. And this is the requirements of a confidant, a, a, a good confidant, a good confidant should be someone who is supportive, not a hater, non-threatening, and who genuinely has an interest in the subject matter. Because a truly good confidant will nurture those creative impulses that we have and will assist us in our drive to creativity. So, to recap, the five elements of creativity. One, knowing your profession and your business, two, separating yourself physically from others, three, cultivating a spirit of impish impudence, number four, finding a big problem and grappling with it, and number five, having a confidant. And those are the elements of creativity as I see them. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. This was brought to you courtesy of Fortress of the Mind Publications. I'm Quintus Curtius. Good night.